Welcome to episode 13 of What Kind of Country. I'm Victoria Meakin and I'm moving with my family to the beautiful country of New Zealand. It's 2021 and the world is still in the grip of the coronavirus pandemic. So myself, my husband and our two young children are governed by New Zealand's very strict managed isolation rules, meaning we'll be spending two weeks in a government mandated hotel. And I'm delighted to say that I'll be dedicating part of that time to speaking remotely to some very generous Kiwis who've given up their time to help me answer the question, in 2021, what kind of country are we moving to? Coming up in this episode, I talk media with former TVNZ journalist Aaron Soma, who also speaks about his same-sex wedding and why he and his husband chose to speak publicly about it. So, all being well with our final MIQ tests, the Day 12 tests, which happened this morning, we're now two days away from being released from managed isolation to properly begin our life in New Zealand. With Christchurch and much of the rest of the country now opening up after going down into level three restrictions, we're actually seeing some life out of the hotel room window, which is really nice after a strangely quiet time. And I have to admit, we've got pretty institutionalised with this daily routine of three meals being delivered every day and going out for exercise, etc., And in a couple of days' time, we're going to have to get our heads around actually cooking for ourselves for the first time in a while. My guest today is the journalist Aaron Somer, who has worked within New Zealand's broadcast media for several years as a TV reporter for the likes of TVNZ, reporting for One News and Seven Sharp. He also spent some years working in London, experiencing the international news operation of BBC World and working on well-known shows like Hard Talk. The founder of Wellington Indian Pride, Aaron, married his husband Jacob in Wellington in 2018 in what he described as a big gay Indian wedding, stating at the time, what Jacob and I are saying is that whoever you are, this is possible too. We want to inspire young people to go with their heart. An incredibly positive statement to end that introduction. Hello, Aaron. Hello, Victoria. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's great to speak to you. I'm going to start, as I always do with this podcast, by asking you three general questions about New Zealand that I'm putting to all interviewees. So firstly, can I ask you, what is your favourite New Zealand beach? That's a great question. What you might discover is that New Zealand summers can be a little bit hit or miss. But when the weather is great, my favourite beach is Lyle Bay Beach in Wellington. The reason for that is the sand is not something you'd find in Sicily, for example. Um, The water is not as warm as anywhere else in the Mediterranean. But Lyle Bay Beach is close to where I grew up, my family home. And so it has a special meaning for me. I love the coastline. It's very rugged around there. And it's one of my favourite parts of New Zealand. I wonder if you'll channel early family life for your next answer as well, because secondly, I wanted to ask you, where would you recommend I take my young family camping? I actually only very recently went up north to the Bay of Islands and it is beautiful up there. It's a really beautiful kind of escapism for New Zealand. The weather was um, nice, but most importantly for me, it's the grounds of the the Treaty of Waitangi. The area of Waitangi is beautiful in itself, but it's a really beautiful place to go and see 
to learn about the history of Aotearoa New Zealand, where we have come from, where we are today, and what's still left to be done. And I would most definitely recommend that way further north. Great. And uh, question number three, can you name one thing that you think every visitor to New Zealand should experience? Yeah, well, I would probably actually go back to that same answer I just gave, which is to learn a lot about the history of New Zealand. Um, We learn about it in school when we're younger, but there are times where we do forget where we've come from, what's important to us as a people, and what makes us beautiful the way we are today, what work is still left to be done. New Zealand has a really rich history, even though it's a young history, and I think many Kiwis actually forget to remember that. And so I think that would be a great education, I think, on arrival here in New Zealand. Thanks so much for those suggestions, Aaron. They're going on my ever-growing big list. I'm going to turn now to your experience as someone in the media in New Zealand. So as a, a general question to start, where have New Zealanders traditionally got their news from and how has that changed in recent years in your experience? Yeah, good question. And I think it's just worth pointing out that uh, I was a journalist up until about a, about two years ago and I now work in the communications field. But typically New Zealanders got their news from the likes of print newspapers and then some major news bulletins on the radio, like Radio New Zealand, and then also the 6pm news generally on TV, and we, you know, two main TV stations on TV1 and TV3. And those were always quite, in some ways, formal appointments for families to catch up with the news. But of course, with the likes of the growth of the internet, um, the cyber world, social media, that's just really changed everything, hasn't it? It's changed everything across the world. Mm -hmm. And New Zealand's absolutely no different in that regard. News comes thick and fast. And I remember back when I started, you had a few, a couple of bulletins a day that you'd have to meet. But people want to get news quickly. And there is a real race on to get news out the door from your newsroom as quickly as you can to as many people as possible and to be the leader in that field. And so as a journalist, you were working to all these um, deadlines throughout the day. If you're going to um, do interviews and film something out in the field, say it was a, um, a big house fire, you had to file straight away so information could be released as soon as it hit the newsroom. Um, So that has changed the tapestry of New Zealand media, but I think it also opens up new opportunities as well. When it comes to the work that you did as a TV reporter, particularly for TVNZ, can I ask you what kinds of stories personally for you really made you tick? The stories that made me tick, when there was somebody who wasn't able to have a voice for themselves perhaps they were too young or too old or or vulnerable perhaps they had an illness perhaps they you know were fighting against some big corporation and they they really didn't have a chance on their own but their story was absolutely worthy sometimes it does take the media to be able to engage and to come in and try and seek answers to do right by that person or by that particular group and so those are the stories that really mattered to me one thing I love to do is to meet people. I love to talk to people. I love to hear their stories. I mean, that's you know something you can do in the communications field as well, of course. And those are the stories that really resonated with me. And sometimes they were very unexpected, I must say. So, for example, you 
be some, sent sometimes to a horrific car crash in which a number of people died, and it's significant news for New Zealand. But having to talk to the families of those involved, not in a kind of pestering kind of way, which is often you know the perception of journalists, mm-hmm. but actually to offer them a chance to tell their story, perhaps give a tribute to their loved one, often you'd meet people that way. And people would often want to tell their story, and then if they didn't want to, we'd obviously respect that, of course. But you often come across these types of people, and you'd build bonds with the with people, not just on the day of the story, but afterwards as well, and you'd stay in touch, because you have this human connection, and it came about by tragedy, but it was this kind of unwritten and beautiful relationship that got to form to some degree, and that was really lovely and some of those stories some of those people they will stick with me and they had an impact on my own life as well. Now Aaron you of course hit the headlines yourself in 2018 when you married your husband Jacob and you spoke at the time about inspiring young people who want to go with their hearts did you get any messages or feedback from those people that you would hope to inspire? Yeah that's a, that's a great question so um my now husband, um, Jacob, and I, we've been together for more than a decade, and we got married a few years back um, here in Wellington. We are a same-sex couple, of course. Uh, we both faced adversity growing up, coming to terms with our sexuality. I'm from an Indian family. I'm a New Zealand-born Indian, second-generation Kiwi. But navigating sexuality through what is largely a traditional and conservative and often religious culture is really, really, really tricky. It's added complexities, and I don't want to diminish the experiences of other people. That's not the intention, but that was my fight. And for Jacob, it was the same. He used to go to church, and uh, it was navigating that as well, and also living in rural New Zealand, which can be a little bit tricky too. Um, So anyway, we got together, and in some ways we got to you know grow this bond based on adversity but we are a really really strong couple and so we a few years back we got married and our families were the most thrilled people and they are our biggest supporters and we were just so happy and so humbled by the whole situation we told our story just to come back to your question victoria we told our story in a couple of media outlets who were interested in you know this this wedding which was a big indian wedding it had elements of hinduism it had elements of christianity the unusual part was that it was a same-sex male wedding and so we thought hey look this this is a little bit different for new zealand but New Zealand is moving places, and so let's tell our story. We didn't want to let people into our personal lives, but we thought if there's a greater good, if we Mm -hmm. can inspire others, the next generation, if we can give another family that's struggling, give them hope um, that things will be okay, then why not? So we, we put our story out there, and we got a huge number of people contact us um, just kind of dropping into our uh, LinkedIn messages or Facebook messages and Instagram and telling us that they were so grateful to hear our story to experience it and then also tell us that they too hope that in their situation that that could be the case for them as well that they could find love in a same-sex relationship and eventually get married and perhaps have kids Uh, so you know it was beautiful and we had people from Australia, South Africa, America, the United Kingdom, 
a large number from India, mm-hmm. which really served its purpose at the end of the day. And so we, we're just we're just grateful. Um, and actually, a little bit of news from us: we are pregnant as well. We have a beautiful, beautiful friend who is a surrogate for us. We've known her for a long time, and she has a family of her own. Um, and she's just amazing, and she wants us to have a family. It's something we've longed for as well. So we currently, at time of recording this podcast, are 28 weeks pregnant. So uh, it's coming by fast, I must say. Certainly is. Well, congratulations to you both. And that's not too long to go now, uh, and not not too long to uh, to get a few extra sleeps in as well before you get really busy. So um, what an exciting time. <laughs> And I might need some advice from you on um, tri- child rearing and uh, getting through those sleepless nights. Uh, absolutely. I, I will be on hand. I'm always happy to do that. I think, uh, yes, it's uh, a rite of sp- <laughs> passage that I'm happy to share. Uh, Aaron, on that hugely positive note, could I turn back to to end this uh, interview to one of my more general but wide-ranging New Zealand questions that I'm asking all interviewees. What one piece of advice would you give to a newcomer to New Zealand who has just arrived and is planning to make a life here? I think um, for me, this goes back to what has been a tragedy in New Zealand, and that was the March 15th attack uh, down in Christchurch, the attack on two mosques in Christchurch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, someone might offer advice um a heartfelt advice or advice to get you through or keep you you know something that's happy but i think the advice that i would give to people coming to new zealand is is to recognize that that is something that really changed our country and it brought us a lot closer together you know for a long time i think new zealand has operated in a kind of a segmented way and different communities are in different parts of the country perhaps don't interact um, as the way they should but the attack really made us really stop and think about who we are, who we are as a country and what we want in our country. And I think that brought us closer together. One thing I don't want, and this is, I guess, the advice, is that we don't forget what happened. Mm-hmm. We don't forget the the victims of that tragedy who were merely going about their lives, who were great people, who left family members behind so tragically. So it's really changed the tapestry of New Zealand and it's something we can't forget. And so I think as you, you know, arriving in New Zealand and going about day-to-day life, just looking around and acknowledging who the people are. We are a beautiful, colourful bunch of uh, people here in New Zealand. We're a beautiful mixture of many, many different countries, ethnicities of people that have arrived here in New Zealand, you know, largely an immigrant population for the most part, but also that we, you know, hark back to Māoridom in Aotearoa, New Zealand. And I think it's really important to acknowledge all of those things and learn, as I said, learn about the history of New Zealand, but learn about some of the current issues as well. New Zealand, as I said, has a very short history, but it's very rich. And there have been some really significant events like that March 15th attack, which really um, change who we are, which really make us think. And I think that's probably my piece of advice is to remember that Um, remember what it did um, for our nation sent us into a spiral of tragedy but hopefully we've grown you know uh, for the better out on the other side um, Mm -hmm. and that we can all continue to embrace each other like we did then I think. Aaron thank you so much for your time I much appreciate it. 
a pleasure. Thank you, Victoria. Many thanks to my guest today, Aaron Somer. What Kind of Country was written, presented and edited by me, Victoria Meakin. My producer in Christchurch is Bridget DeGoldi and our original music was written and performed in New Zealand by Corey Bezecki. What Kind of Country is a Broaden Up production.